On this episode of the AIE Podcast, we have a guild calendar. And umami reminders. Get buffed in Star Wars. Jita is burning and Hoots is here to talk about it. And Bach is here to give us a clue about what's going on with Crowfall. All that and more coming up right now. Bringing you the latest news from the AIE gaming community from planet Earth and beyond. This is the AIE Podcast. Welcome to episode 271 of the podcast celebrating the Aaliyah Iocta Est gaming community. The Die has been podcast. This is Tetsemi, and to my left is Mewcow. Greetings, gamers. To my right is McCullough. Hey, AIE, there are Gruyere prosciutto croissants and lemon bars in the guild kitchen, and Tet's cleaning up the mess because we have a few birthdays this week. Yes. This week, we are joined by special guest Hoots and Bach, who are here to talk to us about AIE in EVE. Welcome, guys. Hey, Tat. Say, everyone. Thanks for uh, having us. So about that smell in the Guild Kitchen. Um, <laughs> I did just start 12 mason jars of sauerkraut. So uh, oh. don't, don't, don't mind that. It's cool, right? It'll be fine. Yeah, that smell goes away if after a few minutes. I was going to say, if we had some good brats, that'd be great. At least it's not kimchi. Oh, yeah. Kimchi yeah, is that's true. Worst. What have you been up to, McCullough? Well, besides being sick and working way too much, I hate caves. I hate caves. I hate caves. I die in caves every time I hate caves. <laughs> That's the rundown of me playing WoW this week. Dying in caves. Can anyone guess that she's in High Mountain? I don't really want to play because last time I went, I died in a cave. I'm like, hey, I should play. And there's a cave. So it's about the extent of it right now. Got you up to uh, the top of High Mountain. Made me a little dizzy, but yes. That could have been the gin, though. Yeah. I did hit 105 today. So slow and steady wins the race. It's kind of like, you know, the Mew Cow of um, leveling. You know how (laughs) Mew's all nice and and mellow. That's me leveling. And Max nails it. Beware the deep places of the earth. That is entirely McCullough's tagline right there. And also beware the deep ones. That's a whole different story. Thanks, Max. Thanks. I say you're playing a, a warlock, not a shadow priest. Otherwise, you would have to beware of the deep ones. Right. Right. And oh, dang it. I hear. Okay. Apples reports to me there are caves in Sotor. I'll feel right at home. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, but the, the caves in Star Wars all are basically the same. So once you look at one cave in Star Wars, you, you kind of know most of the caves in Star Wars. And unlike WoW, they actually have maps for the caves when you go in them. Oh, good. That's good to know. There's only one cave in EVE Online, and it's reddit.com. Slash <laughs> I thought that was a black hole. No, those, those are actually fun to explain. Not black holes. <laughs> what are those called? Wormholes. 
I'm going to go with what you just mentioned as a wretched sky hive of scum and villainy, taking it back to Star Wars, back to the caves. Anyways. <laughs> All right. And Mew, what have you been up to? Well, other than still suffering from the fun of uh, what the doctors like to call severe allergic reaction to cedar tree pollen. Um, yeah, just your usual bits of gaming. Um, a bit of uh, rating. Uh, we we are uh, on my other team that, that we won't talk about a little later. Um, we managed to get to finally take down Croesus on Heroic, which is definitely a much different fight. Uh, he hits like a truck. You'd think that a warrior uh, decked out the way that, you know, I know it tets up, but you think you're about the same level as my warrior in, in gear level. Uh, but he hits like a truck. And it's just, yeah, we had to get someone that was 20 eye levels higher than me to actually survive Croesus on Heroic. So that's been fun. I believe it. Did you get a bear tank? Because usually bear <laughs> tanks are OP. Uh, no, we had um, we actually got a warrior that with twenty high levels higher, so that's the only way you could survive. But yeah, we have a bear; he just wasn't there. So yeah, it's, it's, it was. Yeah. It's, so the, and I, I was going to say he probably has the uh, that trinket that I could never find on the auction house, the one that has like four thousand armor or something like that. That <laughs> helps a lot too. Oh, I bet I'd love to get that. Yeah, uh, my my warrior unfortunately the the focus was DPS, and then you know we've been needing tanks more, so I just started, switched over. So I don't really have the really good tanking trinkets, so that really makes a big difference when you have good tanking trinkets. So yeah, it's basically a, a warrior tank in DPS gear. It, it's it's it wasn't a fun uh, combination, but yeah, other than that, um, cool. I've been uh, I've been going through for the second time through Fallout Four, um, trying to go through uh, the different. Uh, storylines because you know, they're in Fallout. You have so many different choices. A lot like your your typical, you know, uh, Mass Effect or you know the Kotor stuff, to where you know one choice totally changes the game. So I've been kind of following a different path with a new character in Fallout Four and enjoying that. And uh, I've been uh, grinding a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. That's why I keep looking over there because I got Final Fantasy fourteen running. Um, uh, grinding a lot of M- MGP to get all kinds of fun outfits and eventually a mount. And, uh, of course, just the, you know, lots of wow and stuff like that. Cool. And Hoots, I know we're going to get into a lot of Eve stuff later, but what have you been up to in a route of game lately? Uh, there are always so many games, so many things to do. Uh, I've dabbled into Final Fantasy fourteen a little bit. Uh, I bought it on console and I was like, hmm, this is interesting, but I can't talk to people because I don't want to hook up a keyboard to my uh, PlayStation 4 because that's what PC gaming is for. Uh, So I dabbled in that just a very, very little tiny bit. I also dabbled in uh, another lovely, lovely MMO called Black Desert Online, which is this terrible, horrible grind fest, but there was this picture of... Of someone riding a horse in a shark costume that was from the cosmetic store oh that I thought was absolutely amazing. And it made my dabbling in Black Desert Online basically worth it just to see that picture. Uh, otherwise, last night, I just picked up a little game. Um, God, the title is torment um, that's the uh, I forget what the subtitle is. That's the uh, that infinity, not infinity engine, but um. Uh, Pillars of Eternity engine game. Um, Torment, Tides of Numenera, or however you pronounce that word. Uh, it is yeah, supposed to right. be... 
yeah, it's supposed to be some sort of a spiritual successor to a game that that many of you who have played PC games over the years, uh, Planescape Torment. Um, you may remember that, and you may think of it fondly. It was a little bit of a cult it classic, was an awesome and, game, and was one of is perhaps one of my favorite games of of all time. And I also had a really great time with uh, Pillars of Eternity uh, when that came out. So I'm looking forward to probably dumping fifty to sixty to eighty to a bunch of hours into Torment in my spare time that I do not have at all. <laughs> yeah, that that great copious free, free time, time mythic thing that doesn't exist. Right, yeah. that thing that grows on trees, and you can just pick it off from the the free time tree. And oh, look, I have free time now. Yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. I need one of those. Oh, right, I know. Exactly. I think I'm allergic to it. Ted, what have you been doing in and out of game? Enough mythic dungeons. Uh, I I ran into a situation in WoW where. I tried to accept a quest and it said, your quest log is full. And I said, no. <laughs> and I looked at my quest log and sure enough, it was full. And and the majority of the things are like, go run this dungeon and do this. Go run this dungeon and do this. I'm like, fine. All right. I've been avoiding dungeons like the plague, just not wanting to do it. So I uh, ran, let's see, I ran Arcway, Court of Stars, Maw of Souls today, and I think I'm down for one more. But I'm trying to finish up this interesting quest line that's left over in Surmar, um, where you're trying to cleanse uh, this corrupted heart. And it involves, like, going to this mythic, going to this mythic, going to this mythic. Oh, that failed. All right, let's try this mythic. So uh, I'm running through a lot of basic mythics right now. And, uh, and then also trying to farm the... Um, hidden appearance for my uh, Fury Warrior from uh, Halls of Valor. So every once in a while I have to go in and Odin has to, you know, do that whole thing, which it's not a bad dungeon, especially on Heroic. It's just, it's long if people don't know what they're doing. So I've been doing that. Uh, A little bit of Star Wars with the XP boost and the command XP boost. Um, And working on my completely out of game, working on my lab, I'm setting up for work. So I've been playing around with a new server. I got set up and threw some extra disc space and and a bunch of stuff in it. So geeky stuff. Why don't we go cover this week's news? AIE news. Uh, Did you know we have a guild calendar? We do, and we're in the process of populating it with all the guild activities like mandatory fun nights, raid times, teams, etc. If you fantastic members of the AIE community would like to get on this event, uh, get an event on this guild calendar, uh, please email officers at aie-guild.org or pop into the um, LFO channel in Discord and let us know. All right, and a reminder for all games, each character separate application in umami uh please don't forget to submit application for your alt as well as asking for invites in the various games where aie is in speaking of all games if you're playing neverwinter on the on dragon on the dragon shard and you'd like to hang out with aie folks hop in game and look for dave's not here guild just post your name in the thread on the forums or in the discord use the name at name format and mention Neverwinter if posting in this in the Discord LFO channel. 
Um, the Alpha for Rust, a multiplayer survival game, is currently available on Steam for $20. And AIE, of course, has a presence. The game is not for the faint of heart or the under-18 crowd, though. The only aim of Rust is to survive. It's a kill-or-be-killed environment. Find out more information at playrust.com, and there's a link to the guild base and Corley's excellent map in the show notes. Sounds fun. And in WoW news, Toxia in our forums has a great suggestion for a new micro-holiday in the World of Warcraft and would like folks to help get the idea voted up in the WoW forums. From the post, Peace Bloom Day would have... From the post... Peace Bloom Day would have rather special blooms at three graveyards near the enemy faction and create a bouquet to leave at a graveyard near your faction capital or get blooms from your faction to leave a bouquet for the enemy. Let the bouquets be visible for a week or a month or maybe add this event to the Remembrance Day slash Hallow's Eve. I'd call the quest Where Have All the Flowers Gone? And it would reward the title The Peaceable. For added fun, kills in battlegrounds would give seeds to plant in the graveyards and leave those bouquet and leaving those bouquets would give you the title Wildly and inept pacifist she mentions this was a guild on my server and always loved the name and i have to agree wildly inept pacifist is a great guild name is that what happens when i say i want to punch somebody i'm a wildly inept pacifist Uh, i'll say so just to be clear it's peace bloom day not Bloomsday, which is what I heard at first and i had nightmares about ulysses and james joyce for a little bit there (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no. That's awesome. All right. Are you level 110? Do you have at least I-level 825 gear? And are you available on Saturday nights and like to hang out with a bunch of other new-to-raiding players? Then New Braid is the place to be, as evidenced by Guild Chat most Saturday evenings asking, is New Braid running? Where are we going? What are we doing? Check out the forum post or, like everyone else, just ask in Guild Chat. Kenny will hook you up. Alrighty, and in that that game Eve, I think I've heard of it. Um, uh, Jita is burning. Gina was burning. Jita is in a constant state of flammability. What in the world exactly is going on in Jita, and how can you add to the burning by blowing up spectacularly? We'll find out shortly with the Eve folks in game discussion. But you know, something somewhere is on fire. It usually is. All right, in SOTOR, the 250% above to XP and CXP is still going strong until April 10th. Jump on game and take advantage. Remember to check the at SOHOR, the SOTOR channel in AIE Discord to find out which planets are being invaded for conquest and what you should be running, running or crafting to help out the guild. Patch 5.1.3 is dropping Tuesday, March 14th, and the patch notes will be available at sotor.com slash patch notes. Sotor Escape Podcast 183, update 5.1.2. Uh, AIE SEMA, Max Gray, and Astromech EPC 183 talk about the game updates. 5.1.2 that just dropped. And in Sotor Escape Podcast 184, SEMA tells us Vitaliate. Vitaliate, thank you. It tells, tells us Vitaliate's life story. Words are hard. AIE SEMA, Max Gray, and Astromech EPC 184 have a long core lore conversation where SEMA walks us through the life and times of the Vitaliate of a Calorian story art across the timeline of the Old Republic lore. And if you like Sotor lore, and who doesn't? 
180 episode 184 is for you. There's a ton of stories stretched over the all the expansions to date, and it's great fun to dig into all of it. Yep, I agree. And in Guild Wars 2, we're building a thing. The Roger Ralph White Memorial Guild Hall is being unlocked in Guild Wars 2, and they need your help. If you are level 80 and have the Gliding and Heart of Thorns expansions unlocked, you can help. There's a post in the Guild forums about what needs to be done and how you can contribute. And in Final Fantasy XIV news, uh, we've had two patches that have dropped in the last two weeks, both adding new features. Uh, there's been a lot of relic, relic weapon uh, changes and updates. Uh, there's been some new steps for the upgrades, and uh, looks like there's uh, some umbrae that needs to be collected. Uh, Dun Scythe now has a new boss added. Um, I believe that is the uh, Proto, uh, geez, Proto Ultima. Yeah, um, that was actually uh, one of the bosses that they had during the fan fests. So that's actually kind of exciting that that's now in the game. Um, that looks like they're going to be dropping at least 265, but I think it's 280 here because uh, the uh, the next bit here is about the diadem that's uh, reopened, and uh, you can get loot, some crafting items, and pets and mounts from the new item. And I know that uh, 280 is are definitely dropping there, as uh, evidenced by uh, this interesting little picture from uh, Yoshi P that's uh, raining uh, item level 280 gear on everyone. <laughs> that's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm thinking it's two eighties that are dropping in there, but uh, you know we'll probably have to get some clarification later. That's a great picture. That really is. All right, and we have Captain Sybil's Star Trek Online news summary for the week ending in three twelve two thousand seventeen. The AIE classes fleet in Star Trek Online pay its respect on Ralph's Remembrance Day on February 26th, as Ralph was utilized in Discord voice and text channels. Our lovely Captain Sybil paid her respects as the fleet's emissary to the Eternal Flame Memorial in the Academy, the Spock Memorial on Vulcan, and the Spock Memorial on New Romulus. The 26th century dreadnoughts are here. They will be either Federation, Klingon, and Romulan, depending on the lucky player's character affiliation. There, let me scroll up here. They're gorgeous and massive, and we mean massively huge ships. As a special promotion starting March 9th through April 3rd, whenever an R&D pack is purchased from the C store and open, there'll be a random chance that a 26th century Drevnaught will be awarded. To support the promotion, this weekend all R&D materials will be 20% off on the C store. This will be a big boon to crafting as well. And speaking of sales, a 20% off Lobby store sale is also happening this weekend. If you have your eye on a new uniform, star, starship, pet, weapon, or host of other good goodies, act now. A new backstory has been added to the Star Trek online website entitled A Divided Duty on the progress of the... He's laughing because I'm going to have a hard time saying this word. On the progress of the Zenteki Uprising story arc. Yeah, conscientious of the lone Zenteki enough to save the world. Find out in the latest sci-fi tale. And as always, Captain Sigal is remain refraining from spoilers. And don't forget, the AIE's 
athlete Starbase is always seeking contributions of material and personnel. Please check out news, backstories, patch notes, forums, commentary, and other goodies on the Star Trek Online website, StarTrekOnline.com. No, what I was laughing about was Eve would like a word with you about really massive ships, I'm sure. And speaking <laughs> of that, yeah. let's get back to Hoots and Bach and find out what is going on in Eve, what's burning, and also chat about Crowfall. So, Bach, are you back with us? And uh, Do you hear me this time? Do yay! Yes! Yay! Yeah. It works. Yeah. All right. Try. So, so for right. those that so, don't know me, I'm Bok, Bok Collective. <laughs> I'm, uh, Eve, I used to be an EVE uh, online officer, but I won the game. I stopped playing Yay! the game ago. Yay! After How's the addiction years. going? Uh, it's odd, but I'm still doing uh, podcasting on EVE, so nothing changes. Still awesome. the same stories. Awesome. So I think what we're going to do, I'm just going to run down a couple of quick news items uh, for Eve. Uh, and basically, then what I want to do is Bach has been kind of our resident Crowfall spy, uh, as I'd like to say, from the uh, the Eve Corporation. And uh, I think I'm going to have him talk about that a little bit. And I might pepper him with a couple of questions, since that seems like a game that's in development that I've been certainly keeping my eye on. And Bach, I think he has a little bit more to say about that when we get there but to start eve at 2000 leagues under the sea or 10,000 feet from the air so basically the long view right now of eve where it's at there isn't a lot of massive conflict you'll remember about a year ago there was this giant war called world war b where uh the the Northern Coalition, headed by Goon Swarm, got kicked out of their space, and it was dramatic and wonderful and amazing. That's that's not the state of Eve anymore. Eve has kind of simmered down into a period of Cold War. You'll see kind of a you'll see local conflicts and local people in specific regions of space trading space here and there. There was a couple of months ago a war between. Uh, two alliances, Test Alliance, please ignore, who meant many longtime listeners might be familiar with, and then, then another alliance, Circle of Two, where they invaded a region of space that was held by a bunch of Russian players, and they ended up easily taking that space from the Russians. Um, and, and it wasn't much, unfortunately, to talk about in, in terms of destruction or geopolitics or or any of the usually good, juicy stuff. So uh, more exciting than it sounds. Right. Absolutely. Weird. Because unfortunately, the Russians just kind of gave up and moved to a, a safer-ish part of space um, and then basically have kind of resulted to guerrilla tactics rather than trying to hold their space. It was a real, it was kind of a, an expected maneuver just because of the numbers disparity between like the alliances involved. But unfortunately, it makes for more interesting talk than actual gameplay which there there was less of than um and especially it did not devolve into a large-scale massive conflict like everyone was sort of hoping it would um so no such conflict for now what a lot of people are doing in their spare time they are whale hunting uh there is a class in the game called a roarqual and Rorqualls are, I guess you could say, 
they're giant mining ships. And a couple of months ago, they got a rebalance that made them really super effective mining ships uh, that can basically bring in massive amounts of ore, uh, which then can be reprocessed for massive amounts of minerals, except they're, I, they're not even sitting ducks. They have a pretty good and sizable amount of defenses if you kind of fit and equip the ship properly. Uh, but they are expensive ships on, on the order of, I guess you could say, like a magnitude. I think I saw like a Rourke will fit somewhere in the range of 10 billion isk, which as kind of a frame of reference, like a little tiny frigate is maybe 300,000 isk, right? So the, these are big right. ships, big capital ships that are really super expensive and painful to lose. So basically hunting them is a pastime of a lot of PVP groups. And that's led to a lot of really exciting and regional content, uh, just with groups trying to kill Rorquals and then groups trying to save their whales, free willy, save the whales. That's basically the, uh, the state of the game right now. Uh, but a couple of weekends ago, we mentioned at the, uh, the top of the show that Jita is burning or was burning and Jita, burning. Jita is, uh, just what is a Jita? I guess I guess we'll begin at it's a system in Eve Online. It okay. is one of the thousands of systems in the game. It is sort of kind of ish centrally located in a high security space. And it is a trade hub, but it is not only a trade hub, it has uh through just uh, basically the course of history and players deciding where to set up shop and where to get things. It is the trade hub of Eve Online just by market share, capital, number of players, any metric that you want to throw at it. Jita is the system where if you want to go buy something, you go there and buy it and you'll find it there. Absolutely. It's yeah. It's wall street. Okay. It's Walmart central, uh, like for their, 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 like their warehouse and distribution center. It's all of that bundled into one. And, and one of the things about Eve is you can't teleport things in Eve, um, unless there's an exploit that you found, which, uh, came up like, uh, actually not long ago, like a cup, like a month ago. Don't do that exploit, um, trade window and citadels. Don't do it. Um, but anyhow, uh, besides exploiting the game and then getting banned because you exploited the game, you can't teleport stuff from system to system. You have to move everything in Eve from where it's mined to where it's built to where it'll be bought, to where it'll be used. So that's why Jita is such a, a valuable and interesting trade hub because everyone at some point or another probably goes there to get something for some sort of logistics, no matter where you are. And, and so that's sort of the underpinning. Enter a group that I'm sure some of you have heard of uh -huh. called, called Goon Swarm. Federation and Goon Swarm it's Federation. Them, isn't them? Yeah, yeah, you know they they come up and they're they're a pretty big they're they're kind yeah. of a, a little bit of a little bit of a thing in Eve Online. But back in 2012, um, there was there was some chicanery that occurred around um, what was called the Alliance Panel at a kind of 
uh, the developer of EVE Online, CCP, their equivalent of BlizzCon. They have a thing called FanFest in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And there was there was some drama around an alliance panel where the leader of Goonswarm said some kind of distasteful things and got banned for 30 days. And as a protest or as a reaction or as a thing that Goonswarm wanted to do after that event in response is they decided we are going to go to this market hub in Jita in high sec and we are going to shut it down for a weekend. We are going to burn anything that enters and anything that tries to leave. And so, so that's how it started in 2012. And there was a lot of logistics involved and uh, they kept doing it. Every year Uh, they had to skip last year because they were busy getting evicted from their home. Uh, So last year did not happen and they had had to skip a year, but this year uh, they're kind of settled down in a new region of space and they had, uh, they wanted to get this ball rolling again and ball rolling again and uh, get back to the burnination, the yearly burnination. So this was burn Gita four also called burn Gita for kids as a fake charity. It was not really for the kids. It was for the tears. Um, So the question is, how do you actually burn a Gita? And, and my interest in this is I got interested in hearing about Eve in, in just hearing about Eve online and eventually playing Eve online by hearing news uh, like, people like the BBC reporting about money lost during burn Gita in 2012. Um, But you can't just go to high security space, which is where Gita is and shoot someone you can, but there's a caveat. If you shoot someone in high security space, the space cops that exist within the game will show up and will say, Hey, did, did you just shoot at that guy? No, not here. And they will destroy your ship. So what people have to do in order to shoot things and make things explode in high security space, they need one, a lot of numbers and a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And two, the tactic is to take all of those people and in the span of one or two shots, shoot the ship that they're trying to explode at the same time and have it explode in a single mass volley of lots of people shooting at it at once. And then the space cops show up, they say, oy vey, this is a mess, and they kill everyone that uh, that shot the, uh, the, the poor victim. Right. And, and it is amazing and glorious and tear-inducing and uh, frustrating, and it is... Everything that is unique and weird about Eve. Um, so, and it got exacerbated a little bit this year uh, because late last year, uh, CCP, the developer, introduced a system where you don't have to pay to play Eve anymore. Uh, there are these accounts, alpha clones, uh, that are just always active, and you don't have to pay money to CCP in order to be an alpha clone. So Goonswarm kind of got their brightest theory crafters together and were like, what is a ship that we can have people create an alpha clone, clone account and get in that ship that will be effective for destroying big trucking 
freighter and jump freighter ships. And it, it basically removed any barrier to entry uh, for anyone in Goon Swarm or really anyone in the game to participate in this mass slaughter in the, uh, the markets. Uh, so in conclusion, between February 24th and February 27th of this year, about seven, the numbers are a little bit iffy, but it looks like between 750 and 880 billion isk was evaporated over the weekend. And if you do like the plex to isk to dollar yep, conversion, yeah, if you do the space math, that's about 10 to 13k in US dollars gone evaporated from the game never to return um there was also um so burn Gita was actually supposed to happen allegedly according to the rumor mill a little bit earlier in february rather than the last weekend of february uh there was apparently out of goon swarms um i guess you could say their hangers their guild bank equivalent they had prepped a lot of ships a lot of ships in order to do this event and they had a little bit of a theft of their own that stole oh. 80 billion ships, um, about $1,000 or so, um, which, which allegedly, if you believe the rumor mill or the Reddit, which is of dubious, of dubious liability, but allegedly that pushed back the event a couple of weekends to the end of February. Uh, and wow. and it, it went and happened and it was, pretty glorious curiously the value of stuff killed during burn jita was only two percent of the value of things destroyed in eve online over the course of the month of february uh so it was it was a destructive and it was a glorious event but it it in actuality um Lots of stuff gets destroyed in right. Eve all the time. And it was just, it was a, it was a blip and a noticeable percentage point blip, but that was really all it is over the course of a few weekends. Uh, so it's not right. like the whole game was radically altered or changed uh, because of Burn Gita. But I thought that was an interesting point in the uh, the monthly economic data that actually will kind of segue into that. Uh, CCP releases uh, monthly economic data every month, and and that was one of the, the more interesting statistics. Uh, there are I, what I'll actually do for people that want the, uh, the slideshow, I'm going to paste that into Discord chat here. Oh, cool. And you can actually look at various economic indicators uh, about EVE Online. And if you play EVE Online, it's probably a whole lot interesting uh, if you don't play EVE Online. But if you like economics and if you like graphs about production destruction, uh, regional data about like net imports and trade balances and all that sort of stuff. It is all here. You have. I can six. see where the blips are. That's fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, you have yeah. it, the the graphs are amazing. Thank you, CCP Quant, for releasing them every every month. Uh, we really really appreciate it. I think uh, there is a oh, there was a new trailer. Bach, do you know anything about this new trailer? I must have missed it entirely. Yeah, I was reading your notes and 
hopefully you're lucky I still do cap stable friends <laughs> so I have better notes for what happens in Eve when I'm not even playing Eve he probably knows better what happens in Eve when he doesn't play Eve than I do yeah you have more time to do the meta game so for for most games you play the game for Eve the best gamers do not play the game or rarely are even in the game ever they are on comms they are on social media they are talking to each other on Discord or others, but they don't have time to play the game. So I have time to not play the game. So that's perfect. <laughs> so we have a new trailer that uh, presents uh, an update about what a new player can be expecting about the game in broad strokes. So it's just an update of a trailer. So it's nice because it's kind of surrounding what the player experience is to be expected. Because there's a lot of wrong ideas about what Eve is and what Eve is not. And I'll talk about that in the Crowfall section later on, because it's kind of the same problem we're getting. But the big news in this month is the new Council of Stellar Management. The 12th Council is being elected right now. So we have a kind of group of players which is elected by the players to talk directly with the developers. And we have a statement like a representative. They are the interface between Eve, the company, and the players. And it's up and down. So they do presentation, they bring problems, they do the interface. They really need to just remove the noise and amplify the signal. So that's really important. It's, of course, dominated by the big blocks and alliances because they bring thousands of votes for their representatives. And having insight information about the future of a game is always good for a group of people. Of course. But voting is important because your voice as a player is not represented if you are not voting. That's exactly as real life. And the system of elections is the single transferable vote like we do in Australia and Switzerland, I think, where the, you vote a single time for a lot of people having the same jobs. And you select up to 12 uh, candidates for the 10 positions. And you can go back on it, Oots. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that, that just about sums up CSM uh, real well, uh, especially if you do have active accounts. Uh, they can't be alpha account. Uh, you can't just make a free account and vote. You do have to have right, a right. account to vote. Payment guarantees citizenship or something like that. Um, but if you have a paid right. account and you're playing EVE Online, uh, we uh, Cap Stable, kind of the the sister podcast of of the corporation AIE. Um, we used to do interviews uh, for CSM candidates. Uh, there are typically like seventy or eighty people running. This year, we took a little bit of a hiatus just because everyone's schedule on Capstable just didn't align appropriately to kind of dedicate the amount of time we needed to do all these interviews. But uh, there are still some really great resources out there. If you play EVE Online, CSM Wire, do a Google search for it. It'll give you all you need to know about your CSM candidates. And, and if you have an active account, do vote. It is, it is good for the game and good for uh, that institution if we have people voting. Other than that... Um, there's a little patch coming up next week, uh, the March 14th patch, also known as YC 
three. Don't ask me how dating in EVE Online works because I don't know. Um, but basically, Bubbles, the scourge of Nullsec, the thing that that you you don't it's it's not a friendly thing a bubble is a bad thing it's something that traps you when you're warping from place to place and it can be deployed in nullsec and i think wormhole space as well and basically it's a way for people to trap players that are just minding their own business warping from one gate to another and I like to deploy bubbles and then murder people and it's real great <laughs> but you can no longer so previously bubbles, you could anchor a structured bubble in space and it would be there forever until someone shot it down right. or you removed it. Um, that is no longer the case. Bubbles now will decay over time. So that means that space pollution accumulated over many years in systems that have thousands of bubbles in them. Bye-bye. No more. Bye -bye. But yeah, basically, it'll probably help with the. Um, it, it'll probably help with the, uh, the resources on the uh, the servers and stuff like that. Just getting those objects out of the the database. You, you, uh, yes, that that it, possibly. I I would assume so. Um, I'm no I'm no developer, but that that seems logical, and that seems like something that should have been in the game for a long time. And the decay, like the decay, it's not like it's, you drop the bubble and it decays an hour later, it decays a week later. So it's, it's not like the landscape of Nullsec is going to change and there will be no bubbles and no people dying. No, it's, it's still going to be like that. It's just, you're probably not going to have fortress 1000 bubbles in a single spot. Um, right, yeah. going to be like a little more, cleaned up and selective uh whales i mean rorquals that ship that i talked to you um are getting rebalanced i mean nerfed because they were pulling in a lot of resources and ore and minerals and and the thing is the mineral market prices just absolutely crashed because of their existence and ccp decided Maybe these oracles are too good and pulling in too much ore. We're going to nerf that down a little bit. If you do the math, they've like increased the uh, they've increased the the uh, the cycle time, um, which is the the time it takes for you to ore something. But they've decreased the amount of ore that you get within that cycle time. And if you do complicated maths, it's about a one third yield reduction. That's compensated. Yeah, that's that's significant. That's significant. Yes. It is significant. Workles are still better than they were before. They were buffed um, a couple of months ago, but they're they're getting a pretty significant cutback. They are also getting a buff to the bonuses that they grant to members and fleet. Uh, so that'll be it's it's. I don't think it's a good enough buff to correspond to the nerf to the Rorqual, but I think what you'll see, and I think what the intention is here, you don't want fleets of 12 Rorquals in a system nom 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 on like asteroids. You want a Rorqual supporting maybe a fleet of other mining ships and boosting those ships. And in theory, maybe the boost um, will make kind of more mixed fleets a little bit more effective, but I'll leave that to kind of the theory crafters uh, to iron out inevitably um and also uh the hot dropping rorqual um the rorqual the bait rorqual the rorqual that was used to um 
capture and ambush people outside of its intended use. There were some really clever people that went, hmm, this Rorqual has a lot of hit points and is basically invulnerable. I wonder if we can use it, rather than a mining ship, as a combat ship. And basically what happened is a, a one group, Pandemic Legion in particular, used it to great success and used it really effectively as a combat ship. And after this rebalance, in order to use some of the Rorqual's special abilities, you will have to actually be in an asteroid field. Um, and that will that will sadly put the end um the end to the the amazing tackle and bait Rorqual. Um rest in peace, bait Rorqual. <laughs> Took all the fun anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed they don't have giant spires like a narwhal because I keep thinking I keep thinking narwhals when you say narwhal, which apparently uh, they're related. Yes, they they absolutely right. are. Yep. <clears throat> um, and no, unfortunately, they don't. Actually, you know what? I don't know if you put a narwhal in siege. I think it does change animation a little bit and gets kind of similar spirey type things. But I'd have to look at a siege narwhal. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> looking to the future. There were some, there was an oopsie on one of CCP's RSS feeds and on their update site. Uh, basically, uh, nothing too complicated, except it seems like they're completely changing mining, like completely. Again, right now in EVE, if you mine asteroids, you warp to like a very specific like site within a space system and you munch on the asteroids in that site and then the site disappears and there's another site. So the, the leaked post was that asteroid sites are going to turn into things like asteroid belts, which are system wide. Um, and if you think about like our asteroid belt and our solar system, it's a massive belt across the entire diameter of the solar system, right? It's not this compact little itty bitty field of asteroids that you munch on and then another one reappears in system, right? So the rumor is that mining, and if that happens, looking for asteroids, scanning for particular asteroids, and all of that is probably going to radically change. Uh, so do do stay tuned. Um, and then another interesting change was a potential out of game chat system um, mm -hmm. or a change to the chat system in Eve that would allow you to have corp and other sorts of chats, maybe outside of the game. That is another stay tuned for the details on what that entails. I think that's, that's just about it in Eve news. I did. I might give you guys crap about the whole spreadsheets and space thing, but I got kind of caught in all the graphs. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't mind me. If so what, what I did graph, go see uh, there's if prosper. Yep. Which is really good site. It does analytics about the market, the destruction, construction, moving between markets and the market velocity of items because as the, the prices of minerals, which is a root, of a system goes down, there's a kind of cascading effect, but you can play the market knowing that the market is going down. You play with futures. Oh so it's gosh. a market analysis tool. Oh yeah, and it, it, it's his job in real life and he does it also in EVE. That's uh, actually, that, that's... You know, Lock, Lock Fox is a, a friend of the extra life. 
community. I know he's gone yeah. to a couple of nerdtaculars yeah. and, and we've we've known him through Cap Stable and he runs, yeah, that website, Eve Prosper. And he has like a weekly show and it's it's yeah, it is it is like the Jim Kramer of Eve. It is marketing disease and everything and everything you wanted to know about like playing markets and it's 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 great. I love it. Well, you know, you're talking about the whole thing with all with the um, real life value of the is that was stolen, all that. And I'm like, I'm wondering if like any of my company's products were involved. If I'm actually going to see a report along these lines come across my desk, so, so I might report back. Like, hey, I need a little more information about this. And speak to this uh, <laughs> intelligently. So, like. <laughs> Most people, most sane people don't actually buy Plex to buy spaceships and don't actually, there are a couple of nutters out there that buy Plex to buy spaceships and then lose like actual money. But most players earn the in-game currency through like the various faucets to earn the in-game currency in the game. And then, um, just play and operate within that bounds. Um, and then sometimes they will use the in-game currency to buy game time. And then like, again, there are, there are some people that will use real life currency to buy ships and assets in game. Um, but that's, that's, probably a minority of players more interestingly and more dark are probably the illicit rmt markets um and and that that's kind of a thing across mmos um but right. even particular is is like you know there are stories of money laundering and and just you know ways oh, good. so i might get yeah. from so I'm, yeah actually okay, yes, i'm hoping i'm but, gonna get some of this like you like this you would get pulled in on like the money laundering and um illicit rmt market um side of eve online more than anything if you were to get pulled into it absolutely but i'm now i guess if i get one of these reports i'm gonna be having a chat with you just to be able to talk on it intelligently because it is really fascinating from that aspect yeah no absolutely um like, oh, and that trailer that Bach mentioned, Bukow, um, is a real good trailer. Um, and I actually, as he was talking about it, I recognized it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that trailer. It's a real good one about what it's like um, to set expectations of a new player in EVE. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, like money laundering, like the Russian community in EVE is really super insular. And, uh -huh. like... Uh, it's there are stories and it's all hearsay but like the stereotype is you have the typical russian running fleets of miners using botting software to amass massive amounts of isk to then sell it on the black market to, to people and do money laundering and and that sort of thing so i yeah. yes that is that is a it sounds probably, like an easy, actually not a bad way to run to, to do it too Right. Absolutely. So yeah, there's the, the constant back and kind of back and forth struggle with botters and RMTers. And uh, so the whole World War B business was funded by a casino website called I Want Isk. And <laughs> oh this, my so, crap. <laughs> so this website took, um, well, and so, you know, you might've heard or remembered last year, the whole CSGO fiasco where, where people were doing stuff with money um, and gambling on like 
team like uh, Steam hats and CSGO cosmetic things. Uh, what this site did is they had raffles and a gambling apparatus set up where you could take your in-game currency and gamble it um, oh. on this website. And it because it was a website and it because it operated like a normal and then frankly a shady casino, it collected insane amounts of revenue um, just with in-game currency. And a bunch of the founders got banned after World War B for alleged like real money trading of of illegal ISK and or not illegal ISK, but of illegal mm-hmm. like transactions or maybe not illegal but definitely eula violating um right right so like what, what the whole the, what is the expression not illegal but pro but um discouraged right yeah um so yeah the whole uh, so yeah now we don't have gambling sites in Eve online anymore uh because of that but yeah they effectively were able to raise the capital to topple one of the largest organizations in the game um, just through kind of a gambling website. It was, it was very uh, oh, that's awesome. I think I'm going to hand this one over to uh, Bach to talk about a, a little game called Crowfall a bit. Yes, please. So awesome. Crowfall, what it is and especially what it is not, because there's a lot of rumors and ideas and uh, grandiose ideas about Crowfall. So for the old gamers like me, Crawford is inspired by Shadowbane and EVE Online, which is kind of weird to take a med fan inspiration and uh, submarines space game mm-hmm. and, and, and make it a PvP game. So, But the people that are developing Crawford are mostly from the old Shadowbane PvP game, the first real PvP sandbox that existed 15 years ago, I think. It was about, about that time. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that was a while ago. So uh, first I want to provide a small warning. What I'm talking about, it's the game right now is in pre-alpha. It's not even in alpha. It's not in beta. It's not a playable game. It's pre-alpha. In pre-alpha, you're creating the basic blocks of a game. So whatever I'm saying, it's as it is now. There are missing parts. Nothing is balanced. Nothing is functional completely but there's a good idea a few good ideas about what direction we're going to and we'll have to redo an update in a few months perhaps here about when it's gonna get to beta because it's been already two years that the game was on kickstarter and we are only at pre-alpha 4 after two years but it's better to have a game that works and people happy and wait a few more years Especially that it's not, it's not the flavor of a month game. Shadowbane, EVE Online, it's games which are made to last and last many years. So the basic concepts. The basic concept is PvP. PvP and PvP and more PvP and still more PvP. It's we hear PvP. you like some PvP, have some PvP. Yeah, and PvP on PvP with some PvP. It can be solo, it can be group, it can be faction, it can be linked to a, a god, it can be a guild, PvP. They have all the flavors in PvP. And why I'm talking about all the flavors in PvP? Because we take the sandbox concept about the players do whatever they want, and they go to the next level and say, the problem of sandbox right now is that when you have a dominant faction, 
or an association of factions which is completely dominant, the sandbox is kind of broken. And developers have to interact with the sandbox to make it more balanced. But what about making several sandboxes at the same time? And each of those sandboxes, let's call it a campaign. It's on a different world. It has different rules. It has different timeline. It has different goals and objectives. And okay, this one was unbalanced and another faction win. That's okay. In three months, it's going to be off and there will be other ones. You're a solo player. You go to the solo player type of campaigns. You're a big guild. You go to the hardest alliance and guild uh, campaigns. So it solves a lot of issues about sandboxing just by that idea about making campaigns which are kind of temporarily enclosed. And I think just to emphasize just what caught my eye um, regarding that concept in particular, uh, so the, the world itself, unlike EVE, which is completely persistent and doesn't change except when CCP kind of introduce, like shakes up the box and introduces balance changes, the, uh, the theory is that the world itself um, is not persistent. It's okay. In the back. So, uh, for campaigns, they added one more extra rule, which is not in place right now because we don't really have campaigns. Is that depending of the difficulty of a campaign and the openness of a campaign, you have some rules about importing and exporting what you have. So, on the mm-hmm. other campaigns, you will have to decide in advance what you bring to the campaign, and it will be a one-time fail. And if you run out of things that you brought in. That means you're going to have to harvest, craft, build, create, transport, and fight with on site. And you only get back what you, what you conquered, discovered, brought at the end of a campaign, which is locking a character for a long time on a small other place. So there's going to be a lot of risk and reward about what you're going to do, what you want to invest for each type of campaign. Another concept, as I was saying, it's a sandbox. So everything is player, is player driven. It's a player made, it's player harvested, crafted, transported, sold. Everything is player. They bring a few blocks, which are pre-created blocks. There's a few monsters to be able to provide the basic materials because you need to skin wolves or bears. So you need wolves and bears to do skinning. But Mm -hmm. it's part of the economy. It's not part of the game itself. After that, we do a, we did a f- already full uh, 180 on the characters. Initially, you could have different characters on one account. Now you only have one character, and we call it the crow, because your crow is your spirit. It's your spirit. You're kind of a gold flo- floating from uh, characters, corpse to corpse. And you're going to go to places and teleport your soul only from one place to another. So we, we, we separated the crow, which is your character sheet, from the character, which is what the corpse you're inhabiting. And it's separated also from the class. So you are in a system where you're developing skills. You're not developing skills as by killing monsters or by beating up people. No, you're developing skills with time. And you have skills which are linked to the crow. You have skills which are linked to the body you're uh, inhabiting. And you have skills which are linked to the class 
And all that kind of messes up and create a kind of big multiplication to give you the final result about your character. So you could have a tank which is inhabiting a, a body which is very sturdy, or you could have a tank which is inhabiting a body which is very fast. And it's not going to be it's the same class. It becomes a different character because you're kind of tweaking it differently. Adding everything to it. Yeah, and everything is unique. You almost cannot have twice the same item in the game. It's going to be a few tenths of a percent here and there. But all the crafting is about mixing up uh, components and and using the, uh, some random information and the skill of a crafter. And you end up with a unique item at every single level. Which is right, because, pretty good. Because, yeah, I mean, just like, you know, blacksmith making a sword, if you're making it by hand, you're going to get, you might get the same sword style, but you're not going to get the exact same sword every time as opposed to something being mass produced in a factory. Yes. So there's a system of kind of factory, we call it blueprinting, but it's very restricted because it requires exactly the same input to obtain exactly the same output a limited number of times. Which is a lot of condition. If you take yeah. a, a basic sword. A basic sword, you have, I think, 12 steps to create one sword and the most basic swords, which means you would need 12 levels, 12 different types of blueprints to have all the exact same thing to be able to have the same sword right. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of becomes resource intensive to. You know, if you want to duplicate something, you're going to have to put a lot of resources into it, or you could just make a bunch of other swords instead. Yes, and I'm pretty sure most of the time people will play the random game and try to get the best that they can. If they can. And if it's kind of the best, it's kind of the best. It's going to be a few percent. You will have min maxes that will spend hundreds and hundreds of hours just to get the best item. But all items decay with time. It's just a matter of time. You will lose your super uber item and you will get the second best or third best, but everybody's unique. And do the items stay with the body? So when you change where you are, it has to stay with that body and you have to make it again? So or do you get to so, bring it back? Some of them are staying and some of them are destroyed. And some of them, you can go back and get them. If, if they are kind of flimsy about exactly how it's going to work because they're testing things, and yeah. uh, it, it shouldn't be that the, the best way to get gear is to kill over people and completely right. ignore right. crafting. Yeah. So, so there's some balance to be done in that. But in alpha, in pre-alpha, we're not even talking about that kind of pre-balance. Right now, it's so everybody's going in and everybody's killing everybody else and crafters are, are running. So there is no leveling. There's no killing monsters except for resources. There's no experience points. Everything is like EVE Online. It's time-based. So you're developing a skill which grants you a few percentage here and there in several values, and then you're developing another skill, then another skill. And it works like kind of big skill tree. And you have skill tree for each of a class with sub-branches, sub I would call, depending on what specialization you want for that class. Doesn't mean that you're stuck in one specialization. You have one base class, you have three specialization, you can level all three of them. 
and you will switch and decide which specialization you're going to be using. Also, all the basic skills like crafting, harvesting, stealth, exploration, all those things are in their own trees, separate mm -hmm. from the classes. So you will have to do very hard choices to decide if you're leveling combat or crafting or harvesting. So again, it makes it very unique to the crow and to the player as compared to not very cookie. You know, so there's no chance of cookie cutter. As everything is time-based, you'll never get a cookie cutter character. Neat. And, and we're talking about years and years of training. I, I was doing some napkin calculation and... Just to be the best at uh, harvesting stone, just stone, mm. it's uh, more than three years. Sheesh. Yeah, and it's you have stone, you have metal, you have wood, you have skin, right? You have runes, you have corpses. Corpses is a resource, so you harvest <laughs> corpses. Oh, lovely! All right. Yeah, you need to harvest corpses to be able to make a better vessel for the next generation that you want to that, inhabit. That is sick, but it makes perfect sense. And on top of all that and all those tweaks, they decided to add a, a new profession, which is rune crafting, that creates uh, disciplines and helps you to give you some flavor, some new powers, like you can be good with a uh, one-handed sword or with a, a two-handed staff. And it gives you some little powers, offensive or defensive, additional techniques that go with it. You can have uh, little tweaks about if you're a better regeneration, if you're uh, detecting people farther, if you can see through the stealth of other people. And those disciplines are limited in time. They cannot be transferred. They are destroyed when you die. So it's a bit odd, but that's a flavor you can add. Right. Very cool. So, yeah, it's it, the idea is really cool. We'll see what happens because we need to see what happens in a few years. And we'll see how fast the games will be because there's, right now there's a big problem of pace, but I think uh, they, they slow down the progression hard enough to prevent people from just doing alpha and beta be able to test everything. Because it's not really useful to be able to test every single tree and every single class. So my question, uh, just to maybe maybe put a cap, uh, that's that's the pitch, and that's kind of why I'm I'm real interested in Crowfall. You you can kind of see a lot of Eve inspiration, um, and then some some interesting refinements. If I wanted to check this game out and play this game, how would I go about doing that? So right now, uh, invited in the pre-alpha, the people that uh, uh, tipped in in Kickstarter, you can still tip in. And depending on uh, how much you tipped in, you have a priority. There's a simple priority. The more money you put in, the sooner you get into the game. Like, like, like basically much, every game made like nowadays. Much like real life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, very cool. Do we know what timelines are for like uh, the end of alpha and beta and anything like that? Or of, of uh, I'm I'm actually not certain of the answer uh, to that question. Or uh, do we not have any firm timelines yet? When it will be ready? Okay. Yep. Good timeline. Any other? Awesome. Any other? I guess. Yeah. I think that's that's about it for even curl fall. Unless you had anything else, Bob. Yeah. 
pretty fast. It's all the fact that it is so unique. You know, you're not going to have the two same characters no matter what you do. Is is very original. I kind of like I like that idea. Yep. I agree. Great. Thank you, Bach. That was awesome. Um, I look forward to when we have you guys on in a couple months. We'll probably have Hoots. We'll have you on for Eve. And we'll have Bach on for Crowfall and have you guys do a, another update if you guys don't mind. That would, that would be fun. Yep. Nope. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, I think that will be our show for tonight. While the chat room begins suggesting show titles, we want to thank Hoots and Bach for joining us. And we also have a few shout outs. From Puddin. Thank you for being so sweet and awesome. And to SJ, Samantha Jane, from the AIE podcast crew, you are amazing, and we hope you have a happy, happy birthday. And to the Pepperjack fan club raid team from Stolen for downing the first three bosses in Heroic Nighthold. Nice job. Uh, Hoots and Buck, I know Hoots, you're on Eve as uh, Hoots AIE, I believe, right? I am on the Twitters at, at, A-I-E hoots. You can always yell at me there. All right. And <laughs> Buck is at uh, Buck Collective. Is that it for Twitters? You got websites or any other fun details you guys want uh, everyone to know? You can follow us guys on uh, Twitter. <laughs> on Facebook. You can follow yeah. us on your website uh, capstable.net and for okay. the French version fr.capstable.net Sounds good. Awesome. All righty. And also, um, you guys are also in Discord, right? I We are absolutely. You know, the AIE Discord, that thing is real good. And if you ever need to holler at one of us there, you can absolutely do so. You can find me. I think I'm just hoots in the AIE Discord. So go ahead and say hi. Don't be a stranger. I love people uh, yelling at me. It's real great. If you remember, our old mantra was uh, go to the forums, read the forums. Well, now it's uh, go to Discord. Exactly. That's where all the hot action is. All right. That sounds Uh, bad. (laughs) Only if you want to. (laughs) All right. If you have any questions or comments about our show, uh, especially about the hot action, you can email us at podcast (laughs) at AIE-guild.org. You can also follow us on Twitter. The show is at AIE Podcast. I am at Mucal with a K. Uh, Michaela is at Cyberwave. And uh, Tetsemi is at Ivory Tiger. We record live with video every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and whatever crazy time Arizona is doing. Um, but you can, we don't. You don't. That's the problem. Everyone else is crazy. You aren't. Uh, uh, Only this. You can join the chat room and play along with us on the website. And that's uh, aie-guild.org slash podcast dash live dash stream. And on Discord, that thing we were talking about earlier, for chat at uh, bit.ly uh, slash aie podcast discord. Our theme was composed by the amazing Andrew Allen. Uh, follow him at Keys with Soul or visit his website, keyswithsoul.com. And now it's time to play all the great AIE member segments we received this week, including overly dramatic news. And guys, remember, if you have a segment you want to uh, contribute, contact us at podcast at AIE-guild.org. Yep. 
right. And next time, we're going to be talking to Dan Kenya about New Braid in WoW. And just a note, the date for our next show is still up in the air due to family birthdays. It will either be in two weeks on the 26th, or it will be the 2nd of April, the Sunday after that. So until then, AIE, this is Tetsemi. Well, this is Mukal. This is Makala. And this has been the AIE Podcast. For small touring plan, it's a case of different doom, same gloom. It's the Overly Dramatic News. I'm Hunts the Wind. Visitors to High Mountain may have run into the Prepfoot clan, a small group of Torin convinced that Deathwing still lives. But after six months of adventurers visiting their compound, possessing loot that could only have come from the Great Dragon's Horde, many members of the clan have begun to realize that Deathwing is no more. As a result, their suspicions have risen that the group's leader, Trand Prepfoot, has been conning them to stay in power. But yesterday, Trand made a stunning announcement of a new threat, the coming I-Level 1K apocalypse. In a rambling, at times barely coherent press conference, the Torin claimed that magic in Azeroth was limited to three digits, and when items surpassed I-Level 999, they would somehow roll over to negative I-Levels and instantly disintegrate. He claimed that only he could determine which weapons, armor, etc. would survive, and the prep foot needed to keep him in charge to help them stockpile for the post-apocalyptic world. Although ODN and other attendees from the outside ridiculed this obvious scam to remain in power, the other Prepfoot members immediately bought into it, swore allegiance anew to Trand, and closed their village to outsiders. Earlier today, Mela High Mountain made a personal appeal for the Prepfoot to reject the false words of Trand and aid in the fight against the Legion. Sadly, she reported her efforts were rebuffed as the Prepfooters declared all opposition to their leader as fake moves. Broadcasting across all Azeroth, I'm Hunts the Wind. Check out the archives at OverlyDramaticNews.com or follow me on Twitter at Hunts the Wind. Part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. <laughs>